Welcome to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs, a webinar series that packs a ton of important agency information on one topic from one expert into a 25-minute brief. Why 25 minutes? Because who has the attention span for much more these days? And you can squeeze in a listen between meetings with time for a bathroom break or coffee refill before your next meeting. Thanks for tuning in. This is Bite Size Agency Briefs. I'm your host, Steve Guberman from Agency Outsight, where I coach agency owners to build the agency of their dreams. Uh, today, I'm speaking with Allison Caffrey, the founder of Operations Agency. Our names are very similar. Uh, she's the co-creator of Operations Simplify Framework. This is, this is a really awesome bio, so I'm really into it. So you're also the best-selling author of The Sabbatical Method, How to Leverage Rest and Grow Your Business. We'll dig into that. And Allison's often called the wolf, which we need to learn more about, between her clients because she gets shit done, it says. Um, and she's best known for helping streamline the back-end ops for many brands and digital and creative agencies. So, Allison, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm excited to dig into the things that you nerd out about that I think our, our audience also nerds out about. Thanks, Steve. I'm excited to be on. And sometimes, honestly, even as many uh, places that I've been hosting workshops and doing all the things, whenever your bio's read to you, isn't it just sometimes surreal? You're like, is that me? Did I do all that stuff? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's get into it. Tell us about operations agency. How'd you get into it? And like, what do you guys focus on on the day to day that helps agencies? Yeah, totally. So Operations Agency was founded just about six years ago, um, and I've been working with agencies for about eight years. And we basically exist to help uh, create operational transparency behind the scenes of growing agencies, right? Because, uh, you know, we all start as freelancers, or a lot of us did. And, uh, you know, we're doing all the things and we're solving all the problems and we're all the things to our mm -hmm. clients and all, all of the functions of a thriving, growing business. And we wake up one day and we're like, oh, goodness, now, all of a sudden, we need to be a business owner and not just, uh, you know, uh, a media buyer or a web developer <laughs> or any of those things. And so it's, it's a really big learning curve that I see a lot of growing agencies and frankly, thriving agencies go through, right? If you get great results for your clients, if you are able to attract and lead a really solid team to get results as well, right? You end up with a really great problem, which is how do I organize all the stuff <laughs> that I'm doing or all yeah. the opportunities that I've created? And so operations agency helps to identify those operational throughputs and really define the operation function at a growing agency, because there is definitely a time where you don't have that function, right? You don't have that need. You're a team of one or two and you can get together and you can really create some incredible momentum. And so we work with growing digital agencies to help define that function and really create a frictionless uh, way of running the business behind the scenes. We centralize company knowledge. We create really transparent ways of reporting and, you know, taking a look at key performance indicators. And we create a lot of really great ways around managing internal projects and creating really, really incredibly profitable projects for, for your, your agency. So those are the big kind of things that we focus on. Um, we got started or I got started as a freelancer, <laughs> as, as such mm -hmm. as it were. And, uh, you know, I started working, you know, one-on-one -on -one with companies, you know, over, you know, 90 day timeframes to really crystallize, like, how do they operate? How do they make decisions? What is their capacity? You know, what, you know, key company knowledge exists. How are we reporting on that? How are we taking a look at it week over week? It's all the unsexy stuff, mm -hmm. right? That really separates business owners um, from freelancers and really helps keep businesses in business, right? Because it'll help you create a business that you don't necessarily resent right at the end of the day from, yeah. from kind of feeling really mismanaged. I don't know. Those are, to me are the sexy things. Like if I'm not <laughs> making money, if I'm working too many hours, if I'm miserable at work, if my team's miserable, 
we keep, we keep recreating the wheel. Like those are the unsexy things. But to me, like when we can get like running in a way that is smooth, onboarding is smooth, offboarding is like all that stuff happens, you know, in, in a smooth operational way, that's the exciting stuff. And you talk a lot about, um, kind of the day to day, enjoying, enjoying what you're doing at work and, um, you know, running the business and, and celebrating it. Like you talk about the summit, like talk about how you got there and how you assist in that and what that looks like for owners. Yeah, totally. So I actually had, um, a confronting experience when I had my very first son, Frank. And I remember there was a time when we were in the hospital and my husband snapped a picture of me and my first baby and he's sleeping in my arms. I'm in the hospital bed. My hair's still crazy because I had just given birth. And I was so mm. happy that this moment had arrived and we had finally met him and, and all the things. And then the next frame, I had put him down in the bassinet and I was checking my phone on my email, answering Slack mm-hmm. messages from my team. And, you know, at the time, I totally wore it like a badge of honor, right? I was like, look how dedicated I am to my business, that I'm answering emails and Slack messages and the things inside of the hospital bed. And what occurred to me and probably what was living right rent-free in the back of my mind that I wasn't actually Mm -hmm. willing to admit at the time is that literally I was placing my child in the bassinet to focus on my business, right? I had put my baby aside And that was the defining moment of, I need to create a business. And this is the systems gal needing systems help here, right? I needed to create a business. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But I needed to create a business that didn't encroach into my personal life, right? And I think especially pre-kids or when you're growing initially, right? You have all this excitement and all this momentum and things are simple because they're not really going past you, right? As the owner freelancer Mm -hmm. person, right? And then as you start to onboard new team members, as you start to get more clients or provide more services, things get exponentially more complicated, right? It's not just a 2x complication factor when you hire a new person, right? Every single time it gets farther and farther and farther down that rabbit hole. So I always talk about building a business for the day today, not necessarily to celebrate at the summit, because I think a lot of the discourse inside of business ownership, um, you know, around a lot of the, you know, marketing material that we see, or like the Mm -hmm. business development coaches out there, they'll tell us create bulletproof quarterly plans, and then your business will be amazing and create bulletproof annual plans and your business will be amazing. And I think that is a factor, but I think what we really need to understand and decide is what does our day-to-day look like? How are questions being answered? How are decisions being made? How are we handling internal problems? How are we centralized com- centralizing company knowledge? And really just building a thing that we can be proud of day in and day out and not just while we're waving the victory flag at the summit, mm-hmm. burnt out with two broken legs and a team that's just like <laughs> carrying all the weight behind us, right? Like we don't want to be in that situation because guess what? It's going to last 10, 15 minutes. You hang out, you have a snack. And then guess what? You're on the way back down just after, right? You've got to traverse back with the team that's burnt out and you who might just be um, really burning the candle at both ends. So I think developing operational structure early on in how the agency is run and optimizing for the day today to make sure that your team and you are closing the computer at 6 p.m., that you're able to take full weekends, that you're able to actually prioritize vacation and not be in the position of being yanked back in, back in reluctantly to the agency, right? There mm-hmm. really is the longevity play. And if you're building an agency to exit, right, a lot of us think that those are two different paths. They actually Mm -hmm. aren't. Because if you build an agency that actually is easy for you to run, it means it's easy for somebody else to run and they can see the value in that. 
Stop it. <laughs> you're you're 100% right. Not only is it easier for them to run, but you might realize once you get it into that well-oiled machine that is acquirable, maybe you don't want it. Exit. Maybe like it's running well and you can take Fridays off and go golfing or Mondays to go yes. fishing or like have it more of a lifestyle business where it's you know supporting you and your family's goals. And yeah, I'm so glad that you said that. What do you, so, so the summit in your kind of analogy, is that like a, an actual destination or is it more of like a, a place along the journey? It's absolutely a destination, right? So if you're quarterly planning or if you're considering like, I want to launch this new service, right? Like, let's just say, for example, you build websites and you want to launch an SEO arm of the agency because you see the Mm -hmm. revenue potential in gaining those new clients, right? But you develop no systems and you drag your team and yourself through the muck of developing that, of delivering on that and doing all the things. A lot of times what we don't do is we don't operationalize after we create. And so that's where I see lots of agency owners on that hamster wheel of kind of the feast Mm -hmm. or famine months. They'll focus on launching a new thing and closing it and selling a lot of, you know, high ticket services or whatever it is the model is. And then they'll go to fulfill it. And then it'll take all of their bandwidth and all their team's time. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, oh crap, leads dried up. And then so they'll go back to selling something. And so they'll forget to operationalize and they'll forget to optimize for the day to day. Right. So really what they're doing is they're chasing that goal or that summit. Right. They're chasing the goal of onboarding two new clients, three new clients, whatever the number is. They're chasing the goal of getting those services set up. And unfortunately, what ends up happening is if we continue to divide our attention, not only are we losing clients out the back end. Right. Because we're basically funneling clients into a broken system that hasn't been operationalized and that we can't feel confidently that can support the weight of the client load without us. Um, But we also are in a position where (laughs) we just like train a business to need more of our time than we actually want it to, right? So like I learned Mm -hmm. this as well when I was going through the process of figuring out how to create a business that could function without me when I had my son Frank, because I was like, wow, Mm -hmm. doing a time study up until pretty much the day I gave birth to him, I was working about 70 hour work weeks. It didn't feel like work to me because I love it and I still transparently Mm -hmm. need to be reined back in from producing a lot of time inside of my business and doing a lot of things in that direction. But honestly, Steve, like the biggest thing for me was understanding that I trained a fulfillment department to need 70 Mm -hmm. hours of my time. And so then when I pulled my focus back and 70 hours of founder time does not equal 70 hours of team time. Let's just be totally Mm -hmm. clear. Sometimes in order to replace the founder's time, you need two, sometimes three team members to be able to handle the capacity and industry expertise that this person has built up over time. Um, But I was really looking at this and I was like, man, I really trained this fulfillment department to need a lot of me. And so teasing myself out of the way that that worked was was a challenge. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I wrote the sabbatical method. If we're not disciplined about how we're teasing ourselves out of the business, taking meaningful time off, connecting with our vision and really being intentional about building a business that can thrive without us. I mean, we're going to be building ourselves a cage. (laughs) Yeah. And and I think it's great you say that because as you mentioned, like there's agencies, you know, there's owners that are like, I was a media buyer, I was a designer, I'm going to open a shop and now I'm just running a hamster wheel. And so you talk about operational, operationalizing, it's a bigger word than I'm used to, um, the day to days. And, and so what are some steps that owners can take or their teams can take with them to start to do that, you know, getting those systems in place? 
Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest places that I see agencies start and frankly, I think gets the biggest return on investment in something like this is starting with their client onboarding process, right? If we can get clients set up and feel like they have an incredible relationship from the jump, we can gather all the information. It sets the project up for success. The relationship starts out on an excellent foot and we can most likely identify that like 80% on average, at least in my experience of onboarding is pretty administrative, right? We've got like that really solid 20% of strategic oversight, but a lot of it can be offloaded. And so I start with the onboarding process and I start by just recording my screen. I mean, look, we live in a digital age and we also need to understand that really, really simple techniques are often the ones that are going to get us the farthest. So even just recording our screen saying, this is what I do when I onboard a customer. I do this first, I do this second, I do this third, even if it's not perfect to get it recorded, get it centralized, and it'll make it that Mm -hmm. much easier for somebody to come in and support you in that function of the business and just rinse and repeat, right? Be disciplined about that. It's the first level of my sabbatical method framework is to just come in and be the actual assister, right? Tee somebody else up to get the score and really send them over and say, Hey, here's how I would wireframe this website. Here's how I would set up this project. Here's how to start the, you know, wireframing of the ad campaign. And I really do think Mm. a lot of us feel like this perfectionist oversight into our business where we feel like either a, we want total control over everything because we're all recovering perfectionists or B that (laughs) nobody can ever do what we can could possibly do. And I think that it's probably true that nobody can do about 20% of what you can do, but a lot of people can probably do the 80%, right? The setup function, the administrative functions, scheduling, managing email, all of the things, right? We don't need to exhaust ourselves on doing every single thing for the business. And we also don't need to wait until Mm -hmm. we have a person sitting there eager with a notepad ready to learn and understand how they can help us. We can start building this muscle earlier than the necessary need for somebody to come in and support us in the business. I love that. Yeah, it's amazing. The, The direction is typically, if there's a thing that you're doing repeatedly, start documenting it. And let mm-hmm. somebody start to follow that process that you've documented for them. Give them the auto- autonomy. Give them the uh, ability to champion that process and to have some ownership behind it. That's why you're paying them. You're not paying them to, you know, sit around twiddle their thumbs. So, love that. So, the book that you wrote. How do you define sabbatical? Ah, great question. So uh, sabbatical to me is the process of repair, right? So when you take a sabbatical, you go out um, for a meaningful amount of time, whatever that is for you. And it's the process for repairing. And I think that is the process that, you know, small growing businesses need to master because before we pressed record, I was telling you that uh, one of the biggest things that is true in all the businesses I've ever worked with is that if you're growing, you should be breaking things. And so this means that creating shiny new SOPs and the perfect project project management system and the perfect reporting system is going to be fleeting tomorrow when we all wake up and realize the AI has eyes and teeth and ears and a nose and mouth, right? Like we all understand that the market and the the uh, kind of environment through which our business is growing is ever changing. And so we need to be able to be able to rest, recover and rebuild, right? Rebuilding things and being away from our business. And that's one of the reasons why I called it the sabbatical method. So sabbatical to me, at least from what I've experienced uh, on the reception of this book, a lot of folks think it's either one of two things. They think that it's only accessible to Fortune 50 CEOs who have a lot of access to time and resources and staff and all the stuff. 
And then they also think of sabbatical that is forced, right? They've hit a wall, Mm -hmm. they've hit burnout, they need recovery because they can't handle the weight of the things inside of their business. And one of the most interesting things is that there's a sweet spot there right in the middle where we can access the benefits of sabbatical that the Fortune 50 CEOs clearly see because a lot of them do it. And we can avoid the burnout session that transparently a lot of early stage founders face, right? The do it all mentality. They've got their hand in every single department. They're growing a business. They're running a family. They're all the things to all the people. So we can start to harness this if we're really disciplined in how we do it. And now you don't need to take a sabbatical in the traditional sense, right? Go out for six Mm -hmm. months or three months and, you know, go vacation in the South of France. That's not realistic. But what the first level of sabbatical might be for somebody is just closing the computer at 6 p.m. It might be taking full weekends. It might be really being disciplined about, hey, listen, I'm actually going to take a vacation with my family and prepare for this so that I don't get reluctantly pulled back into the day-to-day of things. And I think a lot of founders either do what I did, they'll wear it as a badge of honor while I'm so necessary and it's so nice to feel needed sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then there's other founders who literally are building a business that they resent because they just keep getting pulled back in and pulled back in and pulled Mm -hmm. back in. And I think unless we create that boundary that not only forces our business to operate within the confines that we give it, right? So like Mm -hmm. not 70 hours of my time, Time, not my weekends, not my holidays, not my evenings. And we can entrust a team or a system or a core process for delivering yeah. some of the results that we have. Um, it's a muscle that needs to be built just like, just like anything else. And I think it's, it's easy to ignore, right? Because I think process development and operations, it does, it gets pushed back to the queue. Um, but you need to take a rest at some point, right? I mean, we all mm-hmm. need eight, eight hours of sleep. We all need to be able to like take some R and R. And unfortunately, if you deprioritize this for too long, just like business operations, um, you can find yourself, you know, in a position where it crops up at a really, really, inconvenient time. So your kind of your thesis with the book is that in 90 days, you can build this bulletproof sabbatical plan as an owner to put, I guess, safety nets in in place so that you can rest and recover and come back and break things. And so it's an actionable book, or maybe a workbook, not how would you describe it? Yeah. So it's a super action driven book. I launched a toolkit alongside it as well, because I'm a very tactical learner and I love to like get my hands dirty. And so I have Mm -hmm. a critical action at the end of every chapter that is basically supplemented with a video training and a handful of worksheets. And so really what we want to do is we want to create a 90 day experience in the sabbatical method for owners to feel like they can start wherever they are, whether they never take weekends Mm -hmm. off or whether or not they have a thriving team behind them to really create opportunities for them to separate from the business and create processes in the place of the founder. Because my big mission and goal with running operations agency and the other things that I'm launching down the pike is to return fulfilled founders back to their families. I think change starts in the home. I think that we really, really need to be intentional about not creating a business that's going to cannibalize our time with our families, our time with ourselves, our time with our children. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I know so many early stage founders who hit that proverbial brick wall and they're experiencing burnout and whether Mm -hmm. for health reasons or mental reasons or just for their life falling apart at the seams behind the scenes, they are just 
in a position of complete and utter burnout. And it is a shame because I think that small business owners can stay in business if they're able to be disciplined and implement some of these simple operational tactics and really create some of the boundaries that are going to help the business thrive long-term. So by doing these, um, these simple shifts and by following the sabbatical method, right? We don't have to say no to high Mm -hmm. growth periods. We don't have to say no to income, but what we can do is build a business that can um, say yes to opportunities without encroaching on the founder's time or on the team's time, you know, with their families and with, with their personal life. I mean, you nailed my story. I mean, you know, first couple of years in, I was working like a dog and there was, you know, a time, there were times where I loved being in the studio at two in the morning. We're working on pitch decks or like, you know, the, the, the music was cranking and, and I would, I don't think I ever necessarily said, Hey, we've all got to stay. There were some volunteer weekends, voluntold weekends, but there was definitely a shift where it was like, all right, this is not why I opened a business and this is not what I wanted. I had two young kids at the time. And, and so there was a shift where that's not what what this should be about. And it's not what I want for my team and, and not the kind of work that I want to produce. And I remember post that shift, um, going on vacation the first time and shutting down and not wearing that badge that you're talking about. And I know that badge really well. And I got family members that know it really well and disconnecting and shutting down. And it, and it became almost on trend that my team kind of hated when I took vacation because they knew that I was going to come back refreshed with all these ideas that was going to make them need to do new things or try new things or whatever. So, um, yeah, the refresh, the reset, I think it's so vital. I think, and I hope this is a, a positive impact on your book and the work that you're doing, but I think COVID made so many of us realize, why are we doing this? Why are we working 70 hours for who? And for what? And and life's too short and family's too short. And, and a lot of times it's life-changing events that make us realize those things. And, you know, so uh, hopefully it doesn't need to get to that and, and people can you know use the tools that you're teaching in your book and in your framework to shift their work-life balance and, and set up these sabbaticals. And to be very fair, I only thought sabbaticals were for professors where they would take time off. And uh, Stefan Sagmeister used to talk about Every six years, he would take a year off. And so he would like front load his retirement while he was young and smart and creative. And I loved that as a theme. So I love what you're doing. I think it's really, really powerful, really vital for a lot of people in our industry. So um, I want to shift real quick to some kind of quick rapid fire questions that I think you'll you'll dig. So (laughs) what's and these can these can be professional or personal, whatever comes to mind. What's a, your latest new hobby or book or podcast or something digital that you're into that you can't get enough of? Oh, shoot. I mean, Hormozy, as of the time of this recording, just launched his uh, $100 million lead. So I've been devouring that behind the scenes. I went to the <laughs> event on Saturday and I feel like everybody in digital marketing is just like, you know, a c- consuming lots of Alex Hormozy mm-hmm. content right now, which I feel like um, I'm in, I'm so impressed by the, the body of yeah. his work. Um, so yeah, excellent. So that's what I'm into right now. On the personal side, I'm reading a book called Start Your Farm. I'm really excited about mm-hmm. that because my husband and I want to start a farm in the next year. Um, so that's uh, something that I have been learning that is a totally new skill set for me that I hope I can kind of translate as well into like my overall operational acumen and, and bring to, to parents and, mm. and business owners to help them kind of create this balance. Oh, that's exciting. I want to follow that. I hope you document or blog or video <laughs> or something. I, I'm very nerdy into gardening, indoor 
plants and gardening and there's so many different methodologies for farming and gardening and yeah, yeah. so it's, it's a lot to nerd out about very fun um, yeah we're excited yeah that's exciting uh what's a new tool that you've integrated into your life that's kind of made your life simpler again digital physical whatever that you're like how did i live without this i don't know how my day existed before this thing that i start you utilizing we use a post scheduling tool these days. So I haven't done um, lots of content in the past. Um, over the last year, I booted up a YouTube channel and we've been um, clipping those up and, and posting them on our social media and using a content scheduling tool. We use later.com um, has been really mm -hmm. transformational for me because I've always uh, quote unquote hated social media. That was language that I was giving myself about how great I was at that thing. Yeah. And now that I get to just record the videos and like share my thoughts and um, hopeful frameworks for business owners, um, it's been actually mm -hmm. a really huge treat for me to actually develop this. And I feel like it's been really serving folks who wouldn't have otherwise been in my world or able to afford our services or any of that stuff. So I feel like it's actually uh, really helpful. And I've been really uh, grateful for the scheduling tool. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. Um, I don't think so far anybody has mentioned anything physical like, I don't know, my newest thing is the hose connectors, the quick connects. I put them on all my hoses and oh. handles and, and, and sprinklers and it just made, it's a life changer. Um, <laughs> business related, what is just an absolutely vital piece of business advice that you can drop for agency owners? Yeah, I learned this a while back. I was at a conference and I heard a speech um, from a former Canadian Special Forces um, member. And he said this thing at the end of his speech that I will literally never forget. He said, don't chase your dreams, hunt your reality. And I think a lot of business owners need to hear this. And transparently at the time I did as well. And I was like, I am not subject to whatever it is clients need for me. I'm not subject to whatever it is is going on in the marketplace. If I am disciplined and can create a plan and execute that plan day in and day out and really build a life that I love, um, that is I can hunt my reality, right? It's basically just systems. It's mathematics. And I think a lot of us forget that we all hold the keys to a business that we really enjoy, a family life that we really love, um, personal health and, and, you know, wellness, right? As long as we are disciplined in the pursuit of that and we understand exactly what we want. Um, so I always joke like hunt your reality, right? I consider this as like, you know, being in charge of something that you can really, really attain, right? You have all the power. Mm, I love that. That's really powerful. And I think there's a lot, like if you unpack that, there's a lot to that. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, <laughs> Allison, thank you so much for your time. Uh, definitely we'll link to the book and the company and the socials and the videos. And so hopefully people will uh, get the book and, and start building their, their sabbatical plan as well. Yeah. Thank excellent. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. I appreciate you having me. Thanks again for tuning in to Bite-Sized Agency Briefs. As always, if you found value in this episode, chances are someone else will too, so please share it with your network. Also, if you know someone with expert knowledge on a topic that agency owners would love, drop me a note. Let's get them on. Finally, find someone to hug today.